This podcast is brought to you by Legacy Power. Gain insight from speakers around the country in essential areas of our lives. Each episode will cover various topics on productivity, family and friend relationships, physical and mental well-being, finance, leadership, and overall self-help. Let's pivot a little bit and um, talk a, l- a little bit about the tax advantages that we can we can take advantage of here with regards to uh, commercial uh, solar there's there's some uh, things that we can know that will really help kind of give us a sheltering on what we pay in taxes right so what we want to understand that we want to help uh, you know the people that are looking for ways to cut back on what they pay Uncle Sam um, from year to year we also are looking for ways to you know make more from every blood, sweat, and tear that we put into this. There's so much that we do every day to help us, you know, um, understand the deductions, understand what uh, contributions we can make to help decrease our uh, gross income, but also make it worth it for us to, if we need to buy a house, we need to be able to show net income, right? So there's some balance there. How can we take advantage of what, um, what's inside your, your brain from your experience on on tax sheltering. Yeah, and and here's something too is, you know, some of the references I'll about, I'll, I'll start talking about here, um, I've actually experienced. Um, I've been lucky to the point to where I have not paid taxes for four years. It's been great. <laughs> so, <That's> great. <laughs> um, Show us. Standing, yeah, you know, if, if you wanna ask for my, my tax returns, uh, you know, send me a subpoena. I don't work for Trump, but I uh, support him. But the, Regardless, regardless of it, is that there is great benefits inside the commercial solar industry um, in this regard. So there's two categories that can be optimized here. You have the tax credit, which we all know is for residential and commercial. So, so for 2020, it's a 26% tax credit. Uh, preface of that, it steps down to 22% next year and then goes to 10% after that. So we definitely want to monetize as much as possible in this calendar year. And for a project to meet that mandate, the project just has to be completed, which is installed by December 31st, 2020. The second category that's available is something called depreciation. And this is unique to commercial projects. What it simply means is, is that the total project value is able to qualify for 100% 100% bonus depreciation is the term that's used um, for the IRS guidelines. There's other couple other depreciation options, but we'll just go in and defer those. What that simply means is, is that the project cost, may it be a $100,000 solar system, you can actually take all but half of the tax credit as a depreciable value. So if I made Mitch, I'm going to kind of talk about depreciation and tax credit and where those apply on a tax taxable income. So that way they understand where the benefit goes. So as a quick example, if I did sales this year and I made $200,000 this year in gross income, from there as a business, I actually had expenses and write-offs and dependents for kid children, et cetera to where $100,000 of that was accounted for, meaning is is that now I have a $100,000 taxable income. So $100,000, what I'm gonna show is profit to the IRS. So if I was a 
in a 30% tax credit, I would owe the IRS $30,000 of that hundred grand, right? Yep. Now, if I purchased a solar system for $100,000 and I was the investor of that system, what it simply means is first, I wanna look at depreciation. So as I had referenced, the tax credit is 26%. Half of that tax credit I cannot depreciate. So yep. that means that there's 13% of the $100,000 project, in this case, $13,000, that I cannot depreciate, so I have $87,000 of depreciation. So instead of showing $100,000 of net profit to the IRS, I can take $87,000 right off of that number. Now I only owe $13,000 and show that as profit to the, to the IRS. That's your net income, 13000 That's your new net income and take 30% of that, it's a lot less than 30 grand, right? Now, usually in that position, I'll owe a little bit of taxes. Now that $100,000 project, I now have a 26% tax credit. And so that's worth $26,000 in this example. Right. So I now can take that 30% of 13,000, which is my new net income. I was gonna owe the IRS, 3900 3900 Now I owe the IRS zero because I just took $3,900 off of my tax credit availability. And then right. I can carry the remainder of it to the, the next year. Unreal. So those are the benefits <laughs> as a whole if you wanted to swallow a project whole. Now, right. the investment requirement of that is, is you have a $100,000 investment with tax credit benefits where in year one you would make about 54% of that back in year one. So your investment would be 100,000. You could leverage that from bank loans or equity or anything like that you have on your side as leverage. And the typical client that those investments apply to are clients that are in the nonprofit category. So not able to monetize the tax credits. An acronym for that would be what we call the MUSH market. It stands for municipalities, utilities, schools, and house of worship and anything in between, the Boys and Girls Club, uh, yep. you know, the VFWs, et cetera. So those are the kind of clients that can't monetize those. So that's where a what we call a tax equity investor comes into play, which is open market for folks like yourself. Got it. So you're looking for uh, reps or people that have discretionary income or wanting to invest or have tax liability um, to pair that up with those mush market uh, customers um, to be able to fund projects for them so that they can go solar. They're not able to take advantage of tax credits. You are as a business owner. Um, now, does it work for a 1099 rep or do you have to um, own a business to take advantage of this? So there is something called active and passive income. So uh, both qualify in this regard. They just have different uh, check boxes you need to meet and that's where WattHub can help you meet those criteria in either category and so not really any barriers of entry there it's a matter of just doing what they call a due diligence process is what the IRS calls it and we can help with that due diligence process to meet the criteria of qualification the individual that's going to benefit from this is someone that has discretionary cash on hand has investments um, what's great about WattHub is we have a platform to where 
you know, if you have a lower amount of cash, um, you can actually come into a fund. And so it allows multiple parties to participate in that one project um, to meet their percentage of goal. So if you have 20K in cash, the other guy has 20K in cash, and of course there's a group comes together, each one of you, based on the percentage of ownership of that, of that new project that was deployed, gets that individual benefit of that tax credit depreciation that passes down to them in that regard. Another example of how that translates, Mitch, is simply I go out and purchase a rental property. So I make that investment of XYZ dollars. Well, that rental property has an income every month from the renter. Yep. The solar system works exactly the same, except for you get a tax credit in addition. So you make an investment into a rental property, which in this situation is a solar system. And then I get a tax credit, but then I also receive a monthly income because they're paying a power purchase agreement, just like the residential PPAs. Yep. Commercially, we have PPAs as well. And so that becomes your income. So you don't got to change out the furnace every three years. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. That, and, it's, and it's low maintenance. There's hardly any cost after the fact. Um, like you said, you don't have to replace that furnace, uh, <laughs> microwave, um, change a light bulb out for your renters or whatever. So absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So for the, who is this not for who shouldn't do this? Um, like for example, I'm W2. Um, I, I would say I'd have to become a, a business owner or 1099 in order for me to do this. Is that, is that, a, is that kind of a fallacy or should, um, you correct my thinking there? No, that actually is 100% correct. Uh, you would not be the candidate on the tax credit side, which we would consider a tax equity investor. So anybody that's in that position that doesn't have that 1099 or LLC or S-Corp set up, yep. then they're just not going to be a good candidate for the tax side. Or someone that just doesn't have taxable income, right? That would eliminate the tax credit benefit in that regard. But there is another side of the coin to a solar project. Many a time, a solar project can actually be, in essence, cut in half. It's not an exact percentage, but as a reference. There's projects that we deploy that have 50-50 to where you have a tax equity investor that, hey, I have XYZ cash. I'm looking for this return for tax purposes only. So I want to make this investment to make the tax credit and depreciation back. But there's still the project still needs additional cash injection to cover the total project cost of that hundred thousand, right? So the tax equity investor may put in seventy or eighty thousand, and then the remainder of the project can come from a category that we call sponsor equity. And this is where anybody can play in that sandbox. This is where if you have discretionary cash that's on a debit two side, or if you just don't have the tax appetite and you got money burning in the account. This is where you can make an investment on the cash side and just simply make anywhere from a seven to 9% return on your money as a whole. So there's still a payment coming in from the customer every single month. Right. And so uh, for you at helping invest and move that project forward, which we call sponsor equity, those are those additional returns that are available on the other side of the fence. If we look at it from a, a joint uh, uh, responsibility fulfilling that project. And do you have projects set aside for uh, sponsor equity funds or, um, or, or do you, are you kind of backlogged for, for need for capital or are you kind of, do you kind of pair it at the same time as far as how the inventory works? 
Yeah, uh, the, the latter. So in this situation, we see over 150 projects a month here nationally. And of course, not all those make it to the finish line, but in the case that those projects fit those buckets and our investor pool obviously meets that criteria, we automatically fulfill that. And so at any point, if there was someone making an investment, there's always a project that's there waiting. Uh, we see a number of them. Wow. A lot of times too, is it's sometimes those smaller projects like that BFW, right. you know, we talked about financing limitations in the traditional finance market, right? Looking for systems that are hundred kilowatt or larger, but sometimes there's smaller projects like your city council building down the, down the street, your YMCA, your VFW, your boys and girls clubs. Those are all established businesses that have been in place for 70, hundred years. Yep. And the traditional market won't look at them because they're too small. Your investments bridge that gap with a qualified client with great income, and that opens up that financing availability for those smaller projects. So we can always go back to a pool of projects that meet that bucket. Yeah, they're always going to need power. That is for sure. Well, what a wonderful bit of information. I've been, I've been educated and enlightened. Um, it makes me want to go... Uh, start a business just to be able to take upfront depreciation <laughs> and, uh, and reduce my taxable income. So amazing uh, ideas and insights from you, Everett. Um, now, do you consider yourself a, a CPA or uh, what, what's kind of your, your background as far as like consulting on that front? Absolutely. So in this situation, disclaimer, I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax accountant. I've got way smarter people around me for that. But um, my really stance is I've experienced it as a front end from the application of it to the end result. Right. And that's where I can speak to. So we can help set that up with you guys. We can make sure that the investments are secure. One thing that we really pride ourselves is what we call underwriting. It's really diving into the financials of the client. It's really diving into their health and the longevity of that business to help these systems um, you know, reduce risk on these deployments. And so we're going to do our due diligence in that position. Knock on wood, we have had zero defaults in 15 years of any nonprofit entity. Wonderful. And so even during COVID, during these times, there still need power. Yeah. And the thing is, is that these projects that have been in place for 10 years and three years, et cetera, you know, our bill is still cheaper than the power company's bill. And so they're incentivized to keep those lights on, you know, uh, as a play on words. So um, happy to help in any facet and identifying the right project for the investor. We know not every project is gonna fit every bucket. And so that's why we like to diversify. And yep. as, as those opportunities arise, we'll just make sure that we meet your needs and your goals as a whole. And if for some reason we just don't, um, if it's just not fitting that criteria, we'll just be transparent and let you know, say, Hey, do you know, it might not be a good fit this year. Let's look at projects for next year when your uh, the changes happen within your income or taxable income or your cash flow, And let's, we'll, we'll put you in the best position. That's our ultimate goal. I absolutely love this topic right now during tax season, during when people are stroking checks to the IRS and, uh, it kind of makes you think, wow. Could I have been smarter? Could I have done something different? Could I have been, diff you know, been 
more wise with what I have and what I, what I pay the, pay the government, um, what I don't have to pay the government just with a little information it pays to know. So, um, Everett, you've been a, you've been a kind friend over the years, someone that I trust that I can come to with advice and, uh, needing advice. And I appreciate everything you've done for, for me as a friend, my man, and, uh, you've been there and it's been so cool to, to have you as a resource and a, as an asset in my life. So I appreciate you and uh, everything. Good that Mitch. Same to you. you. You know, I love what you do. I love what you drive. I love what you represent yourself as. I, I love the culture you're always helping support and, and grow with. And it definitely shows in your character on a daily basis inside of your family. I've been lucky to have been able to rub shoulders with your kids and your wife and they're just awesome people. And, and that's the type of things that you just, you just uh, gravitate to in those positions. So I really appreciate your stance and support as well. Well, man, it's been a wild ride and we appreciate everyone that's joined us. Um, for those of you that have, that want to, to learn how to get a hold of Everett, uh, we have some contact information we want to give you. Um, contact at wathub.com. That's a good email. Um, if you guys are looking for ways to um, cut, cut back on the amount that you owe in federal income, federal taxes, if you're looking for um, information on how to submit a, a commercial lead, and what would qualify for a lead. Um, it's, it's all here. So we're grateful for everybody that's listened and a part of our, part of our uh, Become podcast. So um, Everett, is there any other ways to follow you or get a hold of you besides that email? No, no obviously we, we follow through you know, social media, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on LinkedIn. Love to see you guys, like follow what you guys are doing as, as in business and in growth. So please, you know, share away and, and we'll do the same back.